Hi, my name is Autumn Dixon with a balanced saintofmind.com. If you prefer reading to listening, you can check out that website. I post written versions of the videos that I do for my channel. So this week is July 19th through the 25th, and it is Doctrine and Covenants section 81 through 83. Now, I'm going to be staying primarily in section 81. Section 81 was originally given to Jesse Gauze who was called as a counselor to Joseph Smith. So this revelation, the Lord calls Jesse as Joseph Smith's counselor and gives some revelation about it. Now, Jesse ended up becoming apostate and he left the church. And so they just started putting in Frederick G. Williams' names. Frederick G. Williams' name. He became the counselor to Joseph after Jesse was no longer in the picture. Now, there's a lot of principles that we could talk about in relation to the fact that the Lord just replaced the name in this revelation. But I kind of want to focus on a couple of other principles. So, this is Doctrine and Covenants, and it is section 81, and it is verses 1 through 2. It says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, my servant Frederick G. Williams, listen to the voice of him who speaketh, to the word of the Lord your God, and hearken to the calling wherewith you are called, even to be a high priest in my church and a counselor unto my servant Joseph. So he's saying, listen, Frederick, you're going to be a counselor to Joseph. Verse 2, it says, Unto whom I have given the keys of the kingdom, which belong always unto the presidency of the high priesthood. Now, presidency of the high priesthood, that's probably a term, well, it might be a term that you're unfamiliar with, so let's think a little bit about, okay, so what do we understand about this? Frederick G. Williams was called as a counselor to Joseph. So prophet, counselor. What do we know? What's the equivalent in our day? First presidency, right? So in our day, we have the prophet and his two counselors makes up the first presidency right here. Frederick is called as a counselor to Joseph, who's the prophet. And it's called the presidency of the high priesthood. The presidency of the high priesthood is simply just a step in the formation of the first presidency so it eventually becomes the first presidency so i know they're not exactly the same right things got more organized things changed a little bit responsibilities changed a little bit but i'm going to kind of use i might use presidency of the high priesthood and first presidency i might use them a little interchangeably just because the presidency of the high priesthood is a step towards first presidency. And I want to focus more on the idea of the priesthood. I want to talk about the priesthood in general. So why, why priesthood, right? We learn a lot about the priesthood, but why do we need the priesthood? And in verse two specifically, it's saying that the keys belong to the first presidency, to the presidency of the high priesthood. The keys belong to them. What are keys? Why do they belong to the first presidency? What's the point of that? That's what I want to talk about today. So priesthood first. Why do we need the priesthood? So just to clarify and make it a little simpler, the priesthood has actually two meanings, or they're kind of the same meaning, but just to differentiate a little bit. So first meaning, priesthood is God's power. Just plain and simple as that. So Jesus Christ created the earth, priesthood. Jesus Christ changed water into wine, priesthood. It's God's power. If you can kind of wrap your mind around everything that God can do, that is the priesthood. 
Now, a second definition, it's very, very similar, but once again, I'm just differentiating. The priesthood is still God's power, but when we're talking about it here in mortality, we're often talking about that portion of his power that he gives to his servants here on the earth. So pretty much the same thing in both definitions. They're God's power. But when we're talking about it often in the church and in mortality, we're talking about that portion of power that was given to Heavenly Father's servants. <clears throat> now, once again, why? Why the priesthood? I want to kind of talk about it in relation to baptism and marriage to kind of give an idea of why it's so necessary that Heavenly Father gives us his power to do things. So let's say you decide to go out into the woods and you come back out with your significant other and you say, we're married. Hooray, right? So you can do that. <laughs> in fact, I know of people who have, <laughs> who have declared themselves married. However, if you want the government to legally recognize your marriage as a binding agreement, and you want all of the things that come with the government recognizing your marriage, you have to get married by governmental authority, by somebody who has the authority from the government to marry you. That's just how it works, right? You kind of have to have their permission in order for them to legally recognize it. The same goes for baptism, right? I can go and I can get as many religious degrees as I want in whatever denominations or whatever it is. I can go and get a bunch of degrees. It doesn't matter if I have seen angels. It doesn't matter if I am near perfect. I do not hold the power within myself to make something legal in heaven's government. I do not have, hold the power, no matter how much religious knowledge I have or how close to perfection I am, I do not, as a mortal, I do not have power beyond the grave. Doesn't matter how awesome you are, you do not have power to bind things to last beyond the grave, right? That power does not come from within us. It has to be given from God. He has the power to bind things on earth and in heaven. He has the power to bind things beyond the grave. He has to give us his power because we just don't have it. We're mortals. We don't have any power over the grave, right? Christ had to be resurrected so that we could get resurrected. We don't have that power. Now, you can go and you can get baptized by a different authority other than God's authority through the priesthood, and it'll be legit for this life, right? Because it'll be recognized in this life because it was done by somebody who had authority for this life. But if you want it to last beyond this life, beyond the grave, into the government of heaven, <laughs> then it has to be by Heavenly Father's power. He's the only one who has the power to seal it beyond the grave. You don't have it, right? Nobody else has it. So, Christ, right? So priesthood is God's power. Christ, on the other side of the veil, went to John the Baptist and he said, not in so many words, <laughs> but he says, John, you have my permission to go to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery and give them a portion of my power. Okay. He made it legal. Christ told John, he gave that power to John and John 
went down and he gave that power to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery. So when they got baptized, that authority, that power that was given to them from Heavenly Father, because they didn't have it within themselves, even though Joseph was a prophet, he didn't have that power within himself. It had to be given to him through God. It was suddenly legal and binding beyond the grave. And going on, just going completely beyond this idea of legal, right, in a government in heaven, it's also the idea of just having the power to do it, right? I can't go to college and get a degree and suddenly walk out with this degree that I got from other humans and say, congratulations, I can baptize you, and then you are going to have full access to the atonement, right? doesn't matter if I got some permission from other people on earth. It has to come from our Heavenly Father. I don't have the power to fully bring the atonement into anyone else's life unless that power is given to me from my Heavenly Father. So priesthood is necessary because we have to have God's power if we're if anything is going to last beyond the grave. Priesthood keys. So verse 2 talks about keys of the kingdom. What are priesthood keys? Just to put it really simply, keys organize. They organize Heavenly Father's priesthood. Now, verse 2, it says the keys of the kingdom. So I'm going to actually make that literal. Well, I'm not making it literal, but in our heads, we can make that literal so we can better understand what keys are. So the Lord has this big ring and it's just got a ton of keys on it, right? <laughs> and the Lord has given some of those keys to his servants on earth. He didn't give all of the keys, right? There is a key for creation and there's a key for resurrection. We didn't get those ones. <laughs> he didn't give those to us. He gave us other keys like keys for baptism, things like that. The Lord gave some of his keys to his servants on earth. Now, he has this big kingdom on earth, right? Kingdom of God. And he gave the keys of the kingdom to his servants. So suddenly, now that he's given it, so this kingdom has these big, unscalable, impenetrable walls, right? Nobody can get in. And then Heavenly Father and Jesus Christ say, okay, Joseph, here is a key to unlock the kingdom of heaven. And Joseph unlocks it and he opens the door and all of a sudden people on the earth have access to the kingdom. Now, we don't get to just go crazy with this concept, okay? So, Joseph, one day we'll have to stand before the Lord, if that hasn't already happened, we'll have to stand before the Lord and say, this is what happened in your kingdom while I had the keys, okay? So, if I, just stepping away from the kingdom example, if I have a car and I give you my keys to borrow my car and you bring my car back, I'm going to want to know what you did with my car while you had my keys, right? Still my car, not your car, but I let you use them because I love you and I knew you needed the car. It's the same idea with this. So Joseph is going to have to be accountable. He is responsible for making the decisions that happen in the kingdom. And he is responsible for trying to act as much like the Savior as he can. He's imperfect. All of us are imperfect, but we try. He tries to act how the Savior would act and only allow things to happen in the kingdom that the Savior would want to happen in his kingdom. Now, Joseph's running into a little bit of a problem because 
it's a really big kingdom. There's a lot in this kingdom and there's a lot of blessings in this kingdom for people, but it's really big and it's really hard for Joseph to keep an eye on everything so that when he goes to the Lord, he can give him a full accounting, right? And so Joseph starts to give keys to other people. Now the Lord helps him choose these people, right? By revelation. And it's people he highly trusts. So one of these examples was Edward Partridge. He was a bishop at the time. He received keys. And so now Edward can watch over a smaller portion of that kingdom and keep a really good eye on it, much better than Joseph trying to keep an eye on everything. And then Edward goes back to Joseph and he says, this is what's been happening in the kingdom while I've had the key. And then Joseph can go to the Lord and say, this is what was happening in that part of the kingdom while I had the keys. So it's all very, very, very organized, <laughs> right? Very organized. Now, what if the Lord gave us the priesthood, but he didn't give us keys? Just so we can better understand what keys are. What if the Lord gave us priesthood, but didn't give us keys? In my mind, <laughs> it would look a lot like the rest of the Christian world, right? There are many people in the Christian world who believe that they have the authority of Heavenly Father. This is not a mocking of that. Everybody has their own beliefs, right? There are lots of people in the Christian world who believe that they have authority and power given to them from Heavenly Father. What else does the Christian world have? A lot of confusion. Okay, so we have, we could have two preachers from the same denomination preaching different things that from the Bible, right? There's so much confusion. So who do you listen to? Like who's right? Who is actually speaking from the Lord? If we don't have keys that the Lord organizes everything through, it's very hard to know who we're supposed to be listening to. If there's no way of organizing the priesthood, some random man in the middle of nowhere can stand up and say, I have received a revelation for the entire church. And that could be very confusing because we can go to him and say, who the heck do you think you are? And you can say, I have the priesthood, right? And there's no organization, no, there's nobody who's supposed to be making the decisions, right? Now we have the Holy Ghost and the Holy Ghost can help us, but it can still get really, really confusing. The Lord gave us keys to just make it that much easier to know who we should be listening through. And he has told us, he has declared it himself, who he is going to be working through. He gave us the power of the priesthood because he loves us and he wants us to have access to the atonement. And the only way that we can have access to the atonement is through his priesthood. He gave us keys to organize it so that we know who speaks. The Lord declared it himself who speaks for him. Verse two, one more time. Unto whom I have given the keys. So he's saying, a counselor unto my servant Joseph, unto whom I have given the keys of the kingdom, which belong always unto the presidency of the high priesthood. So the Lord declared it himself. He's saying, I am giving the keys and the people in charge. I'm giving it to the first presidency. You can trust that that is where I'm going to be speaking from. If I want to give a revelation to the church, I'm not going to pick some random person in the middle of nowhere. I'm going to work through my own organization. He's going to work through his keys. Now, of course, this all goes back to the idea of whether you believe these things, whether you've received the testimony from the Holy Ghost that these things are true, right? We can receive a testimony about the Book of Mormon. We can receive a testimony about the truthfulness of the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
you can receive a testimony from your Heavenly Father about whether this is actually how he works, whether he gave his power to Joseph Smith and Oliver Cowdery, and whether he works through keys. Can we trust the prophet? Can we really trust this man? Did Heavenly Father really, were these actually his words, right? Did he actually declare that he will always work through the prophet and first presidency? I have received a testimony that he has. I testify that the Lord took another step in section 81 in organizing his priesthood for his children on the earth. I testify that he has given us his power. I have felt that power in my life. And I testify that he doesn't want us to be confused. He wants to make it easier on us to return to him. And so he organized these things so that we wouldn't have to be confused. I'm grateful that my Heavenly Father loves me enough that he wants me to have access to the atonement of the Savior. And so he gave this power to his servants. And I say that in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.